healthy lifestyle is brought to you by SeptaGuard. SeptaGuard, your family's all-natural defense against infections. Azania Musaka on 702. Healthy lifestyle is brought to you by SeptoGuard. SeptoGuard, your family's all-natural defense against infections. And today, what we've put in the spotlight is hoarding. And joining us for this conversation is Daniel Rabinowitz. He's a clinical psychologist at Akeso Psychiatric Clinic. Good afternoon, Daniel. Good afternoon, Nazania. How are you? I'm well, thank you. You know, I'm one of those people that wants to know where everything is. So I'm a bit of a minimalist, <laughs> you know. I, I mm. Yes, I clear my space quite frequently. So I was quite we curious. We won't diagnose you with, with hoarding today. No, yes, I think we can be pretty sure of that. <laughs> but where do we draw the line between um, maybe merely a messy lifestyle to, to mm. hoarding, you know, just like maybe just the full space of interesting things to hoarding. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a huge difference between just collecting things and uh, what hoarding is. Uh, and I think maybe a definition would help because the way it's been classified is that it's it becomes a persistent difficulty to discard possessions. Mm. So you will continue to collect and you'll continue to collect and then you'll have this need to save those possessions. And the person with hoarding disorder experiences distress at the thought of getting rid of these items. Mm, um, but many of us do attach some sort of sentimental uh, uh, value to or an emotion. We have an emotional attachment to the things that that we have. And, and that's perfectly normal to mm-hmm. attach emotion to to items that we have. It's when it becomes excessive okay. that the accumulation of items, regardless of the actual value, occurs. And what I mean by um, regardless of the value is that people who experience hoarding disorder may uh, may start collecting or accumulating items that have no worth. For example, oh. uh, pamphlets, pieces of paper, uh, magazines, newspapers. But others do start collecting items that have great worth, mm. such as uh, coins and stamps. And of course, I mean, we all know that stamp collecting is kind of a, a normal kind of thing. Yeah. It's when it becomes... Uh, excessive to the degree that it affects some part of your life. Mm -hmm. You know that some homes may be filled to capacity with only narrow pathways winding through stacks of clutter. Um, And, uh, you you know, you may have an interest in in ornithology and then you would start collecting uh, bird samples. Yes. But uh, but when you find that you can't have uh, have a decent coffee on your couch mm-hmm. because you've got stacks of bird samples lying around, <laughs> then it starts seriously affecting your functioning on a daily basis. Yes, so it does become a very important disorder that we are starting to acknowledge finally wow i think many of us have seen the tv shows um oh, the, right, yeah. the, the interventions and efforts to clear out a space and this distress that you spoke of earlier when people have to part with with their with their belongings it's tremendously dis- dis- distressful it makes it makes um it's so difficult for hoarders to get rid of uh, their possess- the possessions because they've taken great pains at organizing their items mm. and they have unusually strong feelings with getting new items and then strong negative feelings such as guilt and fear and anger to get rid of the items yeah, yeah. And, and feeling responsible for the objects 
sometimes thinking of inanimate objects as having feelings. Mm. And all of these are very real for people who struggle with this disorder. I mean, you need to understand that these are perfectly normal people that um, you would probably meet in your everyday work environment or in your social world. And yet there is something in the part of the frontal brain that, uh, that, that, that deals with executive functioning and planning and organizing that seems to go wrong. Mm, mm. And so in every other aspect of a person's life, they're quite normal, except that they can't help but accumulate items and continue to accumulate items. Mm. Is there, I don't want to say obsession per se, but a preoccupation with, 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 with this, as in, in the of person's course. mind, preoccupation with, with their items, and it rents a lot of space in their minds. It does take up space. Until recently, in fact, until 2014, it was clumped with the orders of obsessive and compulsive, which meant that uh, you would feel kind of a need to act on something to relieve a certain amount of anxiety. But we we really are learning recently, since 2014, that it's been included into the the latest version of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, Mm -hmm. that this is an order on its own, that that as we're learning more about it, that this kind of person won't be helped if you scream at them or you shout at them and you tell them to tidy up. Or you shame them about how uh, um, stroppy or untidy the the, the place is. Because that, shaming them is completely unhelpful to a person who has this disorder. It's like um, trying to shout at a person for feeling sad. Mm. The person just feels sad. And a person just can't stop collecting items. Mm. It makes them feel better. So... We need to learn how to have conversations with people who uh, who are ready to talk about hoarding and give them respect, acknowledge that a person has a right to make their own decisions, to, mm-hmm. to collect what they want. But then we, we, we encourage them and we're saying, well, you know what, we, we, we want to make your home safer. We want to remove clutter from the doorways and the hallways. And we, we're not arguing about whether to keep or discard an item. Instead, we want to find out what will help motivate a person to discard or to organize. Right. Okay. Uh, we're taking SMSs and calls on this hoarding. That's what we're talking about today. Um, I'll chat to Daniel after the break about what we can do as family members, uh, because he's given a brief guideline around what we shouldn't do, you know, that that's not going to get any change or it's not going to cause the person to change their behavior or their feelings and attachment to uh, what they've been collecting over the years. But if you have questions or um, you are a hoarder or you need help, this is what the session is for. Give us a call on 011-8830702 and 31702 for your SMSs. Azania Musaka. On 702. Call us, It's now eight minutes to three. My guest is Daniel Rabinowitz, a clinical psychologist at Akeso Psychiatric Clinic, and we're talking about hoarding this afternoon. Munwabisi, um, good afternoon. You're calling from Midrand. Good afternoon uh, to you, Azania and Daniel. Welcome, Munwabisi. I want, I want to confess I'm one of those people. I think I'm a hoarder. Mm-hmm. You know, my... My office, my desk, the chairs, the visitor's chairs, the desk where I'm supposed to have meetings, mm. all over the places, just 
piece of papers or paper. Just I see a fundamental value in articles or in anything. It is the same at home when I'm staying, magazines and everything. Now, if you can assist me in that regard, I think I am a order. When you made reference to newspapers and magazines, I thought, oh my God, I thought you were talking about other things. But when you mentioned papers and magazines, I thought, oh my God, I'm one of those people. I'm a lawyer by profession. As you said, I'm normal. I do all those things. But... I find it difficult to dish out papers. Yeah, so Munabi, even, even your car. So, what is even, your feeling? So, what is the reason? Do you think that one day you'll need it, that it'll come in handy, or it's just you just have to have it? Uh, you, you know, I write opinions, I write things. Sometimes it's it's it's. It's things which are more legal or all those things, mm. you know. You try to on on that so that when you are faced with a similar uh, legal problem, uh, you will want to, to, to refer to that article or anything, okay. or it will assist you to quickly uh, uh, find a solution to the problem that you have in, in it. And so mm. that, is, that is the issue. Daniel? You know, mm. I, I do find it interesting that uh, you said that you're a lawyer because I know that lawyers value information and information. You, uh, I believe in the legal profession, every bit of information is very important. So, you know, these things might play a role in the environmental factors of the kind of career that you have, but also to acknowledge that it's not just the fact of collecting pieces of paper and uh, and trying to hold on to the piece of paper. We, we must understand that it goes beyond just uh, holding on to an important bit of information and that there are signs of compulsive hoarding. Uh, and what um, you're talking about is a large amount of clutter. You're talking about clutter on your office desk. You're talking about clutter in the car, other spaces. That makes it difficult for you to, to move around easily. And this, these are indications and signs that you possibly do have a hoarding disorder, although you do need to see a professional to get it to yes, get it diagnosed. Yes, yes. Um, these things tend to to stock up; they tend tend to pile up, mm. and then the person who experiences these kinds of things don't really tell anybody because they're they're a bit ashamed and a bit embarrassed mm. about uh, what they're doing. They don't they don't quite rightly understand what they're doing, which which makes it uh, very very difficult to to admit that you have uh, to have this type of thing. Yes. Because these people don't seek help on their own. Sometimes they come in under pressure from their family. Mm. But in most cases, it's the family members themselves who seek the help uh, just to bring the home under control. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people must take action because a, a landlord or, or the body corporate or the cities put, put pressure on them to clean up the mess. Wow. So we, we need to understand that it, 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 it needs to be a, a, a formal diagnosis mm. and that it, it must go beyond just keeping information for information's sake, mm. that it becomes a, 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 a passion in a way, a passion to keep, to keep clutter. To keep, yes, yes. Um, but Daniel, um, can we send our listeners to our queso.co.za? The website, if yes. they'd like to, yeah. to take That's this our, further. our address, akeso.co.za uh, is our address. Yeah. And we're a specialized psychiatric clinic. Um, we're, we're a group of inpatient psychiatric clinics right around the country. 
that provides an integrated care for all kinds of psychiatric, psychological, and even addictive conditions. Wonderful. Otherwise, uh, you, you may want to give us a call on our national helpline number, which is 0861 help us or 0861 All right. It's always hard to take numbers down when our list, uh, for, for our listeners, so we'll put those details up on the website. But Daniel, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Clinical psychologist at Akeso Psychiatric Clinic. Mayday, Mayday. A war's been waged against us. The immune system's a threat. We're getting too weak to fight the infection. Do not surrender. Do not drop your armor. The infection's spreading, sir. Fear not, soldiers. There's a brave hero knocking at our door, and he will bring reinforcements. Captain, look. What is that coming up north? Is it an army? No, it's Septoguard. Now, let us go triumphant! When your body's under attack from infections, leave the fighting to Septoguard, the all-natural defense against infections and flu for the whole family.